Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark. Glad that you're taking some time to sit down with us, fold laundry, do whatever it is that you're doing right now. I really don't care. I don't need to know. I don't want to know. But I'm glad that you're taking some time to listen. Jameson's already laughing at me because I, I intro every podcast that way now. That's I just I want people to know I don't care about them uh, before we begin. So, um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, we're really glad that you guys are here with us today. And I have two guests on. One is sitting directly across from me. That doesn't matter to you, of course, but I always say that as well. The other is actually in our ears. Uh, Drew Suttles is on the phone. Uh, he lives in Georgia, in Covington, Georgia, right? No, not Covington. Um, Quitman. That's Tate Sutton, my other buddy that lives in, in Covington. Uh, Quitman, Georgia is where Drew is at. And Drew, why don't you tell people what you do for uh, your ministry? Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Michael, for having me on today. And to everybody listening, appreciate you uh, tuning in today. Uh, so far, i am I'm been with Equipment Church of Christ since October of 2019. I'm the full-time minister here. And I also am teaching and coaching at Georgia Christian School. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, that's over in Dasher, Georgia, which is very close to Valdosta. Uh, some of you listening may know where Valdosta is, but been teaching and coaching there. This will be my uh, start of my second year teaching and the start of my third year coaching in January, Lord willing. So uh, kind of, you know, preaching full time and then teaching and coaching. I got my plate full, but God has really blessed us down here and it's been a been a blessing. Yeah, that's great. I know that uh, we were we were classmates, the three of us, for a short period of time. And I remember being in school and and thinking about you as well as Jameson, who I'll introduce here in just a moment as really good friends while I was in school. I'm really glad you're both on the network with me uh, now getting to share in the the ministry that we're doing together. And so I'm thankful for the work that you're doing. I know that you're right in your element, coaching, preaching, teaching, doing what what all it is that you're going to do on a weekly basis. So I know the congregation there is blessed. I know you feel blessed too. Um, One other thing about Drew is your wife is very equipped at basically designing stuff and building and putting things together, you know, redecorating. Uh, I've seen a lot of the stuff she's done on Facebook, and that's that's really impressive. So I want you to talk about that in just a moment, maybe the next episode or something, or you get a chance. Tell people about some of that, because it's really cool watching what she's done. But uh, for now, Brittany, we'll get to you later. Jameson is here, and uh, Jameson and I have been, I mean, we've known each other pretty much our whole lives. We've gone to camp together growing up, but we worked together at GBM for two years. I mentioned we were in school together. Why don't you tell people who you are, where you're working now, and what you're involved in doing? Yeah. Um, working, I guess, serving as the preacher here at West Hobbs Street Church of Christ, which is in Athens, Alabama, up here. If you don't know where that is, it's not too far from Huntsville. Um, graduated uh, from Memphis School of Preaching, same year as Drew, summer 2018. Um, I don't do nearly as much as Drew. I don't teach in a school or nothing like that, <laughs> but, or, or coach a baseball team. But uh, but no, glad to be just serving and working, doing the podcast like this. I do some writing. Um, I really enjoy that. Um, so yeah, I guess that's that's what I do. Yeah, um, I should mention this, and uh, we'll then hop into the episode, but. Jameson's got a podcast on the network. You you probably are familiar with it. It's on Fridays. It's Asking God Why. Drew Suttles is also on the network. We alluded to that a moment ago. His podcast comes out on Thursdays, and it's called Weathering the Storm. 
And both of those podcasts have been very helpful to me. And so I'm glad to have a chance to sit down with them and pick their brain on episode 14. And then they'll be back in episode 18 of, I don't know how I messed that up, but for some reason, normally I have y'all back to back whenever I have a guest on, but somehow I guess I had some of the graduating students on a couple of episodes the next couple of weeks and they fit those topics very well. And then I thought, okay, well, I'll just mix and match y'all. So uh, a little disjointed. That's okay. Uh, that's okay. We'll just hang around for a few weeks. Exactly. Until our time comes again. We'll just, we'll just sit here um, <laughs> until that, that time comes. We're actually recording on location at the West Hobbs Street Church of Christ. Uh, kudos to Jameson for giving me the opportunity to be here for a summer series tonight. Uh, this is Wednesday, July 27th. Uh, so... You know, we like to be ahead on the Scattered Abroad Network if we can. So check out all of our content. Uh, We won't get into that, James. Um, (laughs) So um, we will uh, get into our episode now. And I picked you two for a reason, not that any of the other guys on the network or any other person that I know wouldn't be as equipped to handle this. But I know the three of us are pretty avid sports fans. And we all kind of cover different areas. I'm, I'm very big into the NFL and football uh, in general, but mostly NFL. I also am a pretty decent hockey fan. Uh, Jameson, you're, you're really big into college sports as far as I know baseball's uh, you know, been a pretty big thing for you here lately, uh, college baseball, because wasn't it Ole Miss that just won the World Series for college? Yes, finally, um, finally. And that was the year after Mississippi State won, so that, that has to feel a little extra sweet for you because that's oh, your yeah. rival. Yeah. You know? You know show um, them we can do it too. So. Exactly. And uh, Drew on the on the podcast with us, you're a big Clemson fan, um, and that's been pretty good the last several years. Now, last year wasn't as good as it has been, but – Y'all have had a couple of things go downhill in the recruiting game, but y'all seem to be on the bounce back. So we wanted to have you guys on to talk about the topic of sports because it's a hot-button issue. Uh, There's a lot of people that are Christians that get into certain aspects of sports and what I would deem to be a negative light, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, But the first question is very simple. Are sports sinful? Let's just start at the top then. There we go. (laughs) I would say, you know, on the surface, I mean, just sports in and of itself, no. Sports are not sinful. Now, can sports be taken to an extreme where they become sinful? That's uh, That's a totally different question, and I think the answer to that is absolutely yes. I mean, in fact, there's many things in our life that in and of themselves, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. You know, in its proper place, it's good and it's right. But getting those priorities out of out of the right order, uh, yeah, things can. And I think sports is one of those things. You know, in its proper place, it's good and it's right. But right. But it can become a, a distraction. It can be take over our life, really. Sure. Drew, you want to hop in with anything there? Yeah, I think Jameson, you know, nailed it with the priority. That's that's the key word. You know, anything that you put before the kingdom of God can become sinful. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why Jesus emphasizes to seek first the kingdom. And sometimes if we're not careful, we'll say, oh, well, it's just sports. You know, it's okay. But if we spend more time keeping up with, you know, sports and we're we're putting that before God, and if it ever comes to, oh, well, there's a ball game on tonight at the same time as worship, I think I'm going to go to the ball game then the priorities are, are out of whack. 
Uh, in fact, a few weeks ago, I preached a sermon here uh, entitled The God of Sports, kind of thinking on what Jameson was just talking about. If, if you're not careful, man, you, you'll, you'll place it before God, and it can happen before you know it. And the reason I preach that is coaching baseball down here is, you know, I mentioned uh, one of my joy and one of my passions, but with that is, is the God of travel ball. And man, it is it's a it's an epidemic right now because you want your kid to play on the best teams, and you want them to be out there. But the problem is the coaches don't care about your commitment to God. Most of them just say, "Hey, we need you here." You know, we play Wednesday night at seven, and we we need you here to win. And what are we teaching our kids if we say, "Hey, you need to go to that ball game instead of going to Bible study tonight?" And it can become a god. It can be dangerous. And basically, what I close that sermon with is. Less than 0.2% of athletes in high school will go on to play professionally. But 100% of all athletes will stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day. So we need to make sure as parents and, and even those who are listening that may be athletes right now, make sure, like Jameson said, your priorities are where they need to be. Sports in and of themselves, are, it's a wonderful, wonderful tool. And I would argue it's a great tool to glorify God with, but... If you put sports before God, it can become very sinful and very dangerous for your soul. Yeah, you mentioned something that I I said in the pulpit once um, sometime in, in the last couple of months. Your kid's not going pro. And if your kid goes pro, do you really want their whole life to have been spent when they're going to then be in an environment that is very well known for being a drug-infested environment, an alcohol-infested environment, adultery-infested environment, all these types of things that happen in the nightlife side of sports because those guys that won the Stanley Cup on the Colorado Avalanche, Avalanche, what is that? Uh, The Colorado (laughs) Avalanche, when they won the Stanley Cup, uh, they partied, and they partied hard that night. I mean, they they were pouring champagne over themselves, all this kind of stuff, and that's just what they recorded in the locker room. Yep. Who knows what we did what not they see could record. exactly, and I think about sports as a very important lesson in life that we cannot allow it to get too far. Now there, there are some places in life where you're looking at people who the the sport itself is just completely sinful, and we don't have to get into a lot of details of this. But there are certain leagues of sports that have women playing and basically no clothing and they're playing certain sports football or volleyball or things like that and when the design of that sport is to show off another person's body of course we know that that sport would be sinful uh whether they're playing a sport that would be completely fine in any other setting uh you know there's just got to be a boundary that's set with certain things that we know are immodest or inappropriate uh i've always hated it that they put those microphones on the field uh, because then some of these players, um, my three-year-old was watching me watch football one day, and a player got knocked out of bounds, and I mean knocked right into that little camera that looks like a satellite dish, um, and he said the F word, just let out an obscenity. And my son looked at me, and I said, we do not say that word. That is not a good word. But it's hard to explain that if it happens continually in front of well he keeps saying it yeah. so why can he say it yeah so like y'all said there are certain aspects that are of course not correct but that doesn't mean that inherently it is sinful uh i'm a big steelers fan and one of the biggest reasons i like the steelers among a lot of the other reasons they don't have cheerleaders 
And they were asked one time, why don't you have cheerleaders? I haven't had cheerleaders since like 1967. Uh, and the owner of the team said, we're not a high school football team. We're a professional team. We don't need gimmicks like that to, to put people in the seats. And so I know when I go to a game, and I've been to some games in Pittsburgh and looking forward to hopefully going to a game again in the near future, uh, actually planning to see the Buccaneers and the Steelers this year. So that'll be fun. Uh, probably not for us after the game is over, but it'll be fun to be there, you know, for the three hours that it's going on. You'll see Tom Brady in exactly. the peak of his career. Exactly. He's like 95 <laughs> years old and yeah. he's still slinging it, yeah. you know. Um, but I know that I won't have to worry about on the Steelers' sideline anything yeah. that I can't look at. Yeah. And so there's there's a benefit to trying to make sure we're guarding our hearts as best as we can. You can't avoid everything in life, but there's certain things in sports that can be avoided. So, yeah, I agree with what you guys have said. Now, you've touched on it a little bit, both of you, but let me, let's just touch on it a little bit more, which is how should the home view sports? How does that work in regards to not just, uh, Drew, you talked about travel ball, so we can we can maybe leave that one behind now, but let's talk about, let's just talk about the big sporting events that take place. Uh, the Super Bowl is always Sunday night, and there are a lot of problems with that that happen. There are several championship games that take place during critical moments, and there could be Moments where some of those championship games are taking place during a gospel meeting, a vacation Bible school, uh, a work day at the church that maybe is that evening they're going to stuff envelopes and do things, service projects and other things that are supposed to be the work of the church. How should the home view their attendance in viewing sports versus going to church as well? Yeah, well, I mean, you think about that is... Once again, it goes back to the idea of priorities. Where do our priorities lie? The great thing, too, today, and uh, I mean, I guess this, a few years ago, this wasn't even a thing, but it is now, is now you can record a game, whatever you want to see, whether it's the World Series, whether it's the Super Bowl, whatever it is. You can record something or you can have it paused and you can come back and you can watch it after you know worship Sunday night, or or after that VBS, or you know whatever you can you can arrange that to where, hey, I can't put the the worship assembly on pause. That's right. going to happen at this time, and I need to be there. But this game, thankfully because of technology, I can put that on pause. I right. need to be at the assembly. You know this game, I can I can watch it when I have time to do that. Sure. Um, that was something, you know, growing up, we we didn't have the ability to record. So the Super Bowl often, you know, we would go to worship and then we'd get back and we'd turn it on and wherever the game was, that's right. where it was. Oh, man, that's, um, my team lost. I didn't yeah. even know. <laughs> um, tying, uh, tying back into what you were just talking about, the cheerleaders, I had, a, I guess, something my dad used to do back when he, he would take me to college basketball games when I was younger. I hadn't thought about it in forever. But looking back, I never – I never quite understood in the moment why he did it. But always at halftime at the Ole Miss basketball games, there's a lot of interesting things that happen, fun things. But cheerleaders is one of the things that's like, hey, don't need to be watching the cheerleaders Mm -hmm. come out, or really the dance squad come out. Right. Always during halftime, my dad would get up and he would say, hey, let's go the Ole Miss basketball arena. You had the court and it's just this big ring around it. 
he would get up and he would say, hey, let's go for a walk. And he'd walk around that ring. You can't see what's going on inside. Right. And I just thought, oh, you know, dad just wants to stretch his legs. And maybe that was part of it. But I think my dad was also, uh, he was also getting himself and me out of there during that moment. Because when we came back in, that was always over. Right. Um, I think it's important for us as parents to, they may not understand it in the moment, but looking back, they'll realize, oh, mom and dad did this or they did that to, to show me what's really important and what really matters or to protect us from this or that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great point. I, I was thinking um, a few months back, me and Jackson went to Clemson and Florida State basketball game, and I'd never been to a college basketball game before. I didn't know really what to expect. And Jameson, like you said, it's different between the cheerleaders and the dance team. And when they came out, I thought, man, I do not want Jackson seeing this at all. So that was the time that we walked around to check out, you know, the banners and the stadium. And so kind of like what your dad did, I think that's something as parents that we need to do. And, um, you know, we're not trying to take them out of the environment. Obviously, we're there. But when we can and when we see something that's wrong, use that as a teaching moment and, you know, show our children that, hey, you know, you don't need to be there. But listen, we're still having a good time. Uh, and I think that's something that, that parents need to be big on. That's something that me and Brittany try to emphasize a lot with our kids. But another thing, too, kind of going back on the first thing that, that Jameson emphasized is about going to worship and being there and how important is going to the assembly to you because your children feed off of that, and they know whether or not it's important to you. If you come home and you're like, oh, man, the Super Bowl starts at 6 Worship starts at 6 tonight. Man, I hate that I'm going to have to miss Super Bowl. If you verbally, if you say that out loud, what is your child going to grow up thinking? Man, I remember we went that night, but Daddy wasn't happy about it. He, he, would, he would have rather been here watching this ball game. So that's very dangerous. And I think using that in a moment, really think before you speak and say, hey, worship is so much more important than this ball game. Like Jameson said, we'll record it. We can watch it later. We can watch highlights later. Uh, this actually happened last week. I was at uh, the Bowden Church of Christ where Josh Posey's at and uh, preached the gospel meeting there. And my favorite event of the summer is the All-Star Game. Love it. And love the Home Run Derby. And me and Jackson were excited about it. And we found out it was going to be the same night that we were there. And services were at 7. And I said, man, this is, the, uh, this is a game that only happens once a year. It's the best players and it's fun to watch. And Jackson said, yeah, but Daddy Church is so much more important. And I thought, you know what? I may fail in a lot of things, but I'm very glad that he at a young age understands tonight at 7 we're going to be at a gospel meeting. And he had that look in his eye that he understood that's so much more important than this ball game. And we got back that night and we turned it on and we got to watch the last round of the Derby. And I just couldn't help but think, man, I'm so glad that he knows that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I think every father needs to be able to stand up and regardless of how good your child is at sports or how much you love sports, don't ever let that come before your love for God because your children will, will see that and it can affect them in a negative way or if you do it the right way, in a very positive way moving forward. Yeah. Well, and I know one of the things, too, that we need to stop and think about, uh, and I, I hate to kind of talk about it and, and seem like I'm being negative or critical because I'm not trying to be completely, but I'm going to be a little critical. I get a little irritated at times when I see people say that it's a sin 
for an eldership to move a church service on a Sunday to a one o'clock service or, hey, we're going to have our afternoon service today at three and or at four. And then afterwards, we're going to have a Super Bowl party. But a lot of those same people don't get near as upset when Thanksgiving rolls around and the congregation says, hey, we're going to have our midweek study at Tuesday night instead of Wednesday night to give you an extra day to travel. Both are the same. That that second worship service is not anything more commanded in Scripture than the rule of the elders and their authority. The elders could say if they wanted to that we're going to have a church service every day of the week. The first century Christians basically did that, Acts 2. They had a daily service. If an eldership wants to, within their own judgment, say, rather than fight this battle, rather than have to deal with it, why don't we use it as an opportunity for fellowship? I don't know that there's any anything wrong with that any more than there would be anything wrong with them saying, hey, New Year's Eve is on you know Wednesday night this year. And so we know a lot of people sometimes will be driving out late and they'll be drunk and there'll be things that we don't want you to have to deal with. So for your safety, we're going to do a New Year's Eve party and we're going to have services the 31st. And then after services on the 31st, we're going to have a little ring in the new year kind of deal. And you can you can stay, you can leave. It's totally your call, but we're going to move it to be a little bit safer for you guys and try to make it a little easier. Some of y'all will be traveling. If they have the right to say, as some congregations do, our midweek study will be Thursday at 7, not Wednesday at 7, then they have the right to move any service outside of that first day of the week service that we know is commanded in Scripture. They can't change that day. But if they really wanted to, a church could say, rather than have a midweek study, uh, we've got a lot of people maybe that are in the military. They're not able to come back on a Wednesday or whatever the case may be. We're going to do all three services on Sunday. Okay, that's that's their call. Uh, Y'all feel free to jump in and and tell me I'm an idiot. But um, I've, I've always looked at it as the elders have the right to say, we're going to change this. And I don't think it's ever that they're saying we think the Super Bowl or this event is more important. If if Bowden had said that we're going to have the, the gospel meeting that night at five, I don't think that would have been any more sinful than doing the Super Bowl at, you know, that night and then have four. So I, y'all jump in and tell me I'm stupid or, or whatever. It's, it's up to y'all. I will well, say that in this context because you're right. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just good kidding, job, dude. I had to. I had to um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's yeah, and a lot, of, and I mean, really, all that comes down to is is the eldership's, you know, judgment on a matter. You know, I mean, if they want to do it, like you said, there's no there's no commandment in scripture that would say, hey, you can't move that, or you can only move it for this, this, and this. I mean. Usually what I've found is either elderships just rather than fight those battles, it's either they, they you know, hey, we're, we're not going to move it for anything, which, you know, I, I get that. It eliminates right. some of those battles. It makes some things easier. You right. know, if you're here, you're here. If you're not, you know, we, we understand, you know, you're traveling to wherever, you know. But, uh, but yeah, no, no, you're you're right. At least in my opinion, you're right. Sweet. Um, no. I'm going to hold y'all we, to we that. We are Good your to yes. hold y'all to that. We're your yes, yes men on this. Yes men, because it's my show, right? If we yeah, were on right. y'all's show, I would yeah, have to yeah, make y'all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Drew, were you about to say something? <laughs> I was just going to hit on something that Jameson said. And, and thinking about the incredible responsibility that elders have, you know, to shepherd the, the church of God. And you think about what shepherding entails, and yes, spiritually speaking, that's extremely important to feed them. But like you said, also their physical health. 
uh, you know, sometimes our eldership here might cancel on a Wednesday night if the if the rain is horrible in a storm and everybody understands well they're doing that for our safety and i love what you mentioned about the the new year's eve i mean it's a great opportunity and it's not like you're substituting something worldly for something spiritual and i think that's where the the problem is but i i would say the emphasis there is when you mess with somebody's tradition that's when it becomes an issue because like you said you're not going to find it scriptural but somebody says hey if we don't meet wednesday night at seven then we're, we're breaking some kind of commandment well, no, it's just breaking the tradition that you've always done. But I think it also closed back to Hebrews thirteen seven, Hebrews thirteen seventeen, being submissive to those who have the rule over you and knowing that they're doing this for your good and for your benefit. And one day they're going to have to give an account for what they're doing, according to 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. So the elders are doing something in that context, and we kind of bring it back to what we're talking about with sports if they see fit that, hey, it would be better for the membership here, for the for the church here, that we bump this up because we know what's going to happen, why why wouldn't they be able to do that? Why wouldn't that be a good thing? If anything else, it's actually showing the importance of putting God first and, and putting the assembly first and the importance uh, of even, like you said in Acts 2, the early church, man, they spent a lot of time together. They fellowshiped a lot. Why not use that as an opportunity Instead of going out to the world, instead of going out and doing things that you shouldn't do, take that, eliminate that, and come to the fellowship hall or come to a member's house and then spend that time together. But it's certainly not saying that you're, you know, you're substituting sports for God. Um, but I just, you know, I just wanted to chime in with that about remembering the elders and, and why they do what they do. And good godly elders, you know, we need to be praying for them, be thankful for them. And a lot of times they're doing things for our good, and maybe we don't see it in the moment. But if we'll be submissive to that and look back and we can say, you know what, that was a that was a really wise decision, and that was good for everybody here. Right. Well, let's cover our last question now then. I appreciate what y'all been saying so far, and uh, you're doing exactly what I knew you would do, which is teach the truth, but give some background experience behind it as well. Here's the the real what what could probably have been its own podcast and maybe down the road I'll I'll do an entire one on this but trying to be generic for this one but I'll I'll tell this story and then I'll I'll give you guys the the question I'm as Jameson knows and and Drew knows it a little bit but Jameson knows it well because we're in a bunch of fantasy football leagues together I'm big into fantasy football as well. And I love dynasty fantasy football where you keep your players. You don't redraft every year. Um, anybody can win a redraft league because you get lucky in the draft. A dynasty league takes skill, and it takes years to build a roster. That's more impressive to me when somebody has built a good team that way than, oh, I got the number one pick and I won the league, or I got the number whatever pick and I got 12 of the top 20 players. Cool. Yeah, of course you won. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, that that's not as difficult as it could have been. But I met a guy on one of the fantasy football groups that I'm in on Facebook, and we were talking and we were clicking, had a lot of the same mentality on style of playing and roster building and all that kind of stuff. And I mentioned I'm a big Steelers fan, and so I said, well, who's your team? He said, well, I like the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, no. And... I said, well, then we. this is where the conversation has to end because um, so, they're our biggest rival. And I said that in jest with him, and he knew it, and he said, don't tell me you're a Steelers fan. 
he and I haven't talked in a while. Life's just been pretty busy, but we've we've managed to be very friendly and cordial with one another. He's not a member of the church. Uh, he lives out in Canada. Just happened to meet him. And there have been some times where he'll talk to me about, we're in a couple leagues together, and he'll talk to me about some of the stuff that I've done, and he'll say, your strategy is a little different, but it works. And so we'll, we'll talk about different things. And it got to thinking one day when I saw some Christians on Facebook posting things about a team that had lost, that they were so happy to see that they had lost and that there were fans crying and all this other stuff. And I got to thinking about it, and I thought, how is it that the non-member of the church can treat me better than some of my own brethren might treat me when it comes to rivalries? <coughs> Go ahead, Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Alabama now. Are we talking about Alabama fans? When There's they no lost doubt we're everyone talking about Georgia fans in Alabama. There's no doubt. Here. We're talking about Georgia fans in Alabama. Drew, we're talking about the year that I saw Dodgers fans posting Atlanta Braves fans crying. The year I saw Atlanta yeah. Braves fans posting Dodgers fans crying. Yeah. It, it, it's oh yeah, it's in, cyclical. In, in it just continues sport, to go. Yeah, in any sport, a team that's really successful, you know, at first that team success people like to see it, but after a while, I mean, you like to see. The giant brought down, right. so to speak, and and that's true in any sport. But uh, I'm sorry when you were saying so, that you were just making how me are laugh. how are Christians? <clears throat> so because you know, Drew, I'll say this and I'll throw the question out. I have messed with Drew during, and, and I'm not a big baseball guy, but I pretend to be when it's the playoffs, <laughs> and that's what makes that's what makes Drew so much more upset because I have no clue what I'm talking about, and I'm over here just talking trash. Yeah. But it's it's because it's just fun to mess with Drew a little, but credit where credit is due to myself, um, of course, because it's my show and I get to do this, but yeah. last, last uh, this past October, last year, um, when the Braves won the World Series, uh, I had jokingly said after they eliminated the Dodgers, well, Freddie Freeman will be a Dodger this time next year anyways. Oh, no. <laughs> Lo and behold... <laughs> That exactly, and I do know that about the Dodgers. If they, I, I believe Soto will end up on the Dodgers if, if things go the way that they've gone the last several years because that's just what they do. Uh, and buying championships is a legitimate way to win. The Los Angeles Rams did that to win a Super Bowl. You can do that. That's fine. That's a strategy. But when I tease with Drew – my favorite thing is when Drew will go, stop it. He's like, stop, stop. Because <laughs> I know then I'm I'm really getting on him. But he knows I'm messing around. I don't think either one of us have ever walked away from one of those conversations. At least I know I haven't. I hope you don't say, well, there have been several times where I've walked away upset. <laughs> um, but I've never walked away from a conversation and thought, man, Drew's my enemy. And we don't root for the same team. I don't like the Braves. They eliminated the Dodgers last year. They won a World Series. That's not what's supposed to happen if you're a fan of any other team other than the Braves. You don't want them to win. That's natural. He doesn't want the Dodgers to win. You don't want either one to win. You're a Cubs fan, Jameson. So, I mean, we're all yeah. dealing with that type we're of mentality. We're part of the reason y'all are winning as many games as you are this year. You're welcome. <laughs> um, or thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but – how Christians are supposed to handle themselves because there are a couple of times where I'll get on Facebook and I'll read things and I think, you're a Christian and that's how you're acting. And I don't yeah. like Alabama. I don't like certain teams any more than the next guy. But there are times where just as much as certain Alabama fans have gotten on my nerves with the way that they've treated, where it's all like my dad heard one time at a hotel, ah, business as usual, of course we won. 
okay, as much as that annoys me, it also annoys me when people are like, haha, Bama fans are crying and yeah. they're all upset. How do we behave as Christians when it comes to sports and rivalries especially? Well, James, I'm going to start there if you don't mind. Yeah, man, go ahead. Because I got some fresh stuff on my mind here. <laughs> go ahead, sir. So <laughs> I live in SEC country and I'm an ACC guy, so I got to deal with that 24-7. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Clemson being, you know, talking about slaying the Giant, when they beat Alabama the first time, people started pulling for them because they're the underdog. They weren't supposed to be there. And then two years later, they did it again, and they did it more convincingly. And then it's like, man, the hatred started pouring in. And I'm like, okay, well, that comes to the territory, you know, whatever. And so now it's like people love to see Clemson lose. They love it. And I got to realize I have no bearing on what happens on that field because I'm just a fan. I'm not on the field playing. And I think some fans take it so far as to think that they actually have a bearing on what happened. You know, like they're the ones that got the pick six to seal the game against Alabama or something. And if you're not careful, you'll get to that mentality and it'll become who you are and it will come out and it can be very negative. Like you said, to somebody who's not a Christian, but certainly to a brother or sister in Christ, we got to get to a point where, you know, yeah, it bothers you, but is it really worth causing, uh, you know, discord among the brethren? Is it really worth causing you not to focus during worship? I mean, I've had some I've had some dog fans do some stuff to me that's pretty upsetting. It, even right after the amen was said, you know, pom poms in my face and go dogs painting on my car and whatever else. But at the end of the day, you, you've got to stop and say, okay, yeah, it bothers me, but is it really worth me retaliating and holding a grudge and holding on to something that in eternity, what's that even going to matter? You know, Sunday morning after Clemson lost to Notre Dame when. Uh, when Trevor was out and we lost in double overtime, whatever, I come up to the pulpit and there is like Notre Dame stuff everywhere. I'm like, wow, you know, you 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 went there, but seeing say, everybody the, else, who brought these instruments of the devil into the house? <laughs> of the Lord? That's exactly what I was thinking, and I almost redid my sermon, you know, right then and there about unfruitful works of darkness. But I didn't. Um, but we have such a, a variety of a fan base here. That I understand, man, this is a part of people's lives and they love it and they enjoy it. So you got to be the bigger person. And Michael, you've helped me do that. Uh, <laughs> you know, to take a lot of criticism and just to say, look, this is, you got to be able to get past that. But I think ultimately, and I know we've touched on it several times, keep your perspective in mind. You're a child of God, you're a Christian. That's your brother, that's your sister. Take it with a grain of salt, you know. And don't and don't retaliate. Don't pour it onto them. Have fun right. with it when you can. But remember your relationship as Christians, and and don't let sports or anything else for that matter come between you and and a and you know being in fellowship with a brother or sister. I just can't believe Dan Cates would do all that stuff about Georgia to you. <laughs> um, that's, brother Cates that is the only reason that I have hope for some of those fans. <laughs> and Neil Pollard as well. Neil Pollard's yeah. a Georgia fan, unfortunately. Well, so you know Tater Tot, our good oh, buddy. Yeah. He's he's a big Georgia guy, but he's he's pretty level headed about it. You know, a lot of times when we'll talk, and he cracks me up because I'll say something to him about it. And he's like, "I'm just happy we won." And it's, you know, <laughs> so he he cracks me up because he's also kind of a. I, I would put him in the category like I am in baseball. Like I'll, I'll get the notification. Um on my phone I'll get the notification that uh something has happened and 
we've won or we've lost. You know, last night I saw the Nationals beat the Dodgers, and I was like, oh, that's that's too bad. Um, but I'm not watching every game. Same with hockey. There's too many games. Baseball should be 48 games, and if you can't win a World Series after 48 games, you don't deserve to play the sport. Uh, if you need to save if, the Dodgers 2020. See, season. here you go. If you need 300 games to win <laughs> a World Series, then your chances <laughs> – are really they're, they're just not great okay i don't like it it's annoying anyways we're getting off track um jameson what would you like to say about how christians should behave in sports well yeah and just you know going off of what drew said it's sports are a lot of fun and you know it's something fun to talk about you know win or lose it should be fun i mean obviously no one likes losing you prefer to win um, it also goes back to you know i, I was and i'm sure drew was too i you know, I think a lot of us were taught, you know, being a, you know, being a good winner and also being a good loser. I mean, having the right attitude when you win or when you lose, like that was, you know, if you played any sport growing up, you know, your coach or your parents probably or tried to teach us that. Um, I know my parents and my coaches did. And, uh, and, uh, so, that, that was always something that really stood out as, you know, as Christians, and like Drew was saying too, we can't, we can't let sports become our identity. Because then if sports are who we are, then when you lose, then you start seeing the way people act when they lose. Or then you start seeing the way that they act when they win. Right. Um yeah, so we do have to be real careful about that and just treat it as something that's fun. Because at the end of the day, I mean, sometimes we treat it as more than just a game. But at the end of the day, it's just a game. I yeah. mean, you know, and if the if the world continues, you know, there's going to be another game. There's going to be another season. You know, there'll be another season for Ole Miss to disappoint me in football. I can know that um, as sure as the sun comes up and sets each day. Um, <laughs> I, I can know that. But it's still fun, though, and that's – you know, I think we have to. I think we have to remember it's about having fun. Yeah. Um, and just enjoy enjoy the game itself, and not, you know, and not become jerks. Right. I coached. I coached a little bit of a rec league. You know, Parks and Rec football, mm. uh, flag football for fifth through eighth grade. Oh, man. I'll say this as we bring it to a close today. And they didn't pay you enough. Well, um, <laughs> unfortunately, my contract was not renewed. No, um, so I had grown up watching the different movies like the Mighty Ducks, and others where you see like what what appears to be a Disney villain. We would call them um, like the coach in the first Mighty Ducks that was for the Hawks was like you you watch the movie as an adult and think how was this man put in charge of children because he is evil. And I always thought, that's just Hollywood. And then one year, um, the team name that we were given was the Steelers. We, we lucked out. I got my favorite team name. So I was able to wear Steelers stuff to every game, and people were like, that's so cool, you know, whatever. Anyways, um, <laughs> sidetracked. But we were playing a team. The only other team that had registered that year was the Packers. And their coach was a Disney villain. Like, I could not believe it. Like, I had heard stories about stuff that he had done and stuff that his players had done. And, I mean, he was just a jerk at times. And since there were only two of us, we had to play them eight weeks in a row. Mm. 
and that eighth game was the championship game, no matter what the record was. Now, we came into that game at three and four, and they were uh, four and three, and we beat them to go four and four, but we won the championship. We shut them out 21 to, 18 to nothing, and at one point, my assistant coach, uh, who's a member of the church, he had said, why don't we take a knee and let them score? I said, no, I want my shutout. I want <laughs> I want my Mighty Ducks moment. I'm, where go, I'm going out on a shutout. We, we win this game, and we prove that we did what was right because there were kids coming to me in the huddle saying they were getting elbows in the face. And, all this kind of, and these are fifth or eighth grade kids playing flag football. And you look at that and you see that is the wrong way to, to coach a sport, the wrong way to talk to people about stuff. Let it never be said among any member of the church, both that may coach, like Drew is coached in a, obviously a higher up setting than rec league, or a parent who's sitting on the sideline that starts to yell at the coach that they know what's going on better than the coach does. Let's just be Christians about it. Or the umpire. Let, or the umpire. Let's hush our mouths. <clears throat> Let's do what needs to be done, and let's move forward. Uh, Far better than focusing on sports is an important subject to consider. Uh, This is probably one of the longer podcasts I've done. Uh, A lot of that's because the three of us get sidetracked talking about sports. But I'll end it on this. The Braves cheated last year, and they did not deserve to win a World Series. Um, so, so um, just so everybody knows, uh, you know they took they took severe advantage of a lot of rules that they should not have been breaking. But yeah. uh, Drew, thank you for Whatever being on the program means. today. Um, yeah, thank you, brother. Jameson, thank you for being on. And yeah. next uh, three, four episodes, let's see, the next three episodes are with Josh Walker and Cody McCoy. At the time that I recorded those episodes, they were just about to graduate the Memphis School of Preaching. They're now settled in their local works, and we're going to catch up with them on three episodes, and then we'll be back with Jameson and Drew for far better than focusing on my successes. Until then, let's please God now so our eternity is far better. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.